The following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. The Force is strong with us, and we hope it's strong with you. Welcome to another edition of The New Jedi Archives with Zach Hagenbusher and Ben Schultz. Zach, and I'm Ben. He's Ben. We're on episode two, literally. Episode two, Attack of the Clones, uh, released in May of 2002. I was 10 years old. And I, again, was not. You were 28, I think. 28. Yeah, 28. Your, your son would have been born at this point, right? Yep, yep. He would be two. My, um... My brother also would have been born. My my youngest brother was not born when episode one came out. He was still gestating, gestating in my mother's womb. But uh, and and he was at the theater. So so he was at the theater, but saved the trauma. <laughs> Correct. The best of both worlds. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember that movie. This would be the first movie of the Star Wars saga that I did not own on VHS tape. Uh, the first time that we owned this movie was on DVD. And that was when my dad bought the entire six-movie saga on DVD when it came out. Oh, well, okay. Episode 1 and 2 and the original trilogy in 2004. Um, 2005 would have been when episode 3 came out and then eventually he bought it on DVD. Then I, I think they took a lot of the criticisms from episode 1 and they did take them to heart. At least I, I, I would think so. Some um, of them, at any rate. And unfortunately, they replaced them with problems all, all unto its own. This, I won't lie, this is my least favorite Star Wars film. Really? Of the original? Or not of the original. Um, of the original, obviously, Empire's the best. That, doesn't, that should go without saying. Um, but this... I'm really torn on this movie because with the exception of whiny Anakin, um, action-wise, I really enjoyed a lot of this movie. Oh, sure. I mean, you can't fault the action and, and in any of the Star Wars movies. Story-wise, I, I enjoyed this movie as well. I just could have done with uh, some dialogue changes to the Anakin character. Okay. I could have done with some dialogue changes to the Anakin character and the Padme character. Okay. Um, there are a lot of that's pretty much the crux of the movie for me, and we'll get to that, but it, it isn't necessarily firing on all cylinders, so to speak, in in the departments that they hoped that it would. Um, and a lot of that has to do with George Lucas. I mean, a lot of the problems with the prequels have to do with George Lucas, but again... So, are you saying he's the Darth Sidious of the Star Wars? That's right. He means well, apparently, for from his own perspective. From a, from certain, a certain point, point of, view. of view. We get Padme in the same room with uh, the now much older... I mean, ten years have taken their toll on fucking Palpatine. He is gray to the max, white-haired. He is wizened, very, very uh, wrinkled. Uh, th- these ten years in, in the seat in the uh, Supreme Chancellor's chair 
have uh, certainly weathered him. And uh, he's he's in the middle of a meeting with Yoda and Mace Windu. Yep. Um, they discuss with Padme that her life is in danger. Uh, well, clearly her life is in danger. Somebody tried to take her their life, her life, and uh, the 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 Chancellor says if they were to lose her, it would be simply unbearable. Well, because well, of course they have a past, and he has a plan. Naboo is the Chancellor's home planet, so he wouldn't want the Senator from there to be plus, killed. Well, plus he needs Padme. Of course. Of course. It's part of the plan. This is this is his first expert manipulation of this particular movie. Yes, when he convinces the Jedi Council, yep. to uh, assign Anakin detail. <laughs> to assign Anakin. Oh, Master Kenobi is back, isn't he? Well, why don't you send him over there? It's not as if I've been talking with Anakin all of these ten years, and it's not as if he's mentioned this girl once or twice. On a on a slight side note. Um, those two handling a border dispute all on their own, Anakin and Obi-Wan, much better movie than episode one. That's the other part of this trilogy that annoys me, the prequels, is they keep teasing me with much better movies that I don't get to see. Mm-hmm. Like, true. Like Qui-Gon defying the council for the first time, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan handling a trade dispute on their own. And the Well, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're right. This movie... Kicks off right off with with action. Right, it does good. They're landing and blam, huge explosion, intrigue. It's like what's going on. So uh, yes, they suggest that Master Kenobi he's just returned from settling a a border dispute, and they're going to they're going to assign them to her until they figure out what's happened. This is of course a terrible (laughs) idea. Uh, We see in the elevator. Obi-Wan, now long-haired, his hippie Obi-Wan right now, um, with his young apprentice, Anakin Skywalker, who has been training for ten years, um, certainly has grown up quite a bit. Um, And, unfortunately, a side effect of being a slave boy for nine years of his life and, you know, probably seeing a lot of things that a lot of children might not necessarily see being exposed to a lot. Plus, of, he literally lived in a wretched hive of scum and. Dirt. Yes, exactly. Being exposed to a life that a lot of children don't have in today's even today's society, today's world. I mean, not, you know, unfortunately, a lot of some children do, but he has a very different view of what affection is supposed to be and what well, you know. Plus, in his formative years, now we we don't know anything about Shmi's past. But when he's going through puberty, he's literally with people who are ill-equipped to handle Correct. his emotions. And he had emotions already. Right. There's no going back and erasing those. They could try. But he developed a god complex, or, or a, a like a, essentially, for this woman yep. who... He is probably the first person to not treat him like shit that wasn't his mom. That's right. Are you an angel? Well, to him, she is an angel. Qui-Gon's kind of a shitty person. We've established that Mm -hmm. at length. Yeah. Obi-Wan was an asshole. But he didn't treat him like shit. And Obi-Wan... Obi-Wan... And this is the problem with Obi-Wan really, really wanting to train him. Obi-Wan clearly has, I think, his best interests in mind. Obi-Wan made the mistake that 9 out of 10 parents make today. And Obi-Wan was Anakin's friend and not his mentor. Yeah. Yep, that's it. That is my established point of view. That constant disrespect. We see it in this room. He so so they're, they're no, talking. The, the other thing we see in this room. Well, I'll I'll let you. They're tell talking us. in this elevator mm-hmm. about Padme, right? And and Anakin is basically like, 
oh, I'm going to show her how grown up I am, and oh, it's going to be so good to see her. And Obi-Wan's like, no useful advice. Just right. like, you stop need, that. You be mindful to... of your feelings. Mm-hmm. He is mindful. That's the problem. <laughs> He's extremely mindful <laughs> yeah. and groinful and heartful. And... <laughs> Anakin goes off looking for... Yep, into the bar. Right. Obi-Wan gets a drink. And Obi-Wan... Like, nobody guards... I got gin. <laughs> nobody watches the door. Where, where, where are you going? For a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm going to go to the bar and get myself something. <laughs> you, do, you do the work, Padawan. I, I, I need a libation. Right. <laughs> You do the work, Padwan. I'm going to go up to the, the hey, bar. Hey, it's been and, a stressful night. And he jumped out of a window. He almost died a couple times. This is a tradition. Now, you, you've, you've been with me to taverns. We go up to the bar. I get into a fight. I cut somebody's arm off. That's it's right. So <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, the big problem I have with Django Fett being introduced and us introducing a young Boba is uh, it really kind of gimps out the cool factor of Boba wearing Mandalorian armor. Though they kind of did that in the... When the original trilogy came out, and we were talking about it, it's Mandalorian armor. It's an ancient race of warriors. I mean, that would be the equivalent of a barbar- of a bounty hunter today running around in Spartan armor. Yeah. Not necessarily that Spartan armor protects him the best, but it's a symbol of a warrior culture. Well, but now we know... You know, with Rebels and a lot of the expanded canon. Now we know that Mandalorian armor is really just more of a style. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, here it is. Like, right. this armor wasn't literally from thousands of years ago. It was just styled like it was. Right, because, and don't get me wrong, like, I love Sabine Wren and Rebels. Um, I just think it kind of gimped out the Boba Fett character more than Boba Fett himself had already yeah, done. Yeah, Bo- Boba Fett gimped out his own character. That's for damn sure. But uh, Bo- Boba in this movie is perfectly... That's, uh, that's, it's ironic. The one thing we agree on is probably the one thing the rest of the fandom I know, really, really disagrees with us on. Uh, Boba Fett in this movie is totally, totally bearable. I think that, um, what's his name? Dan- uh, Daniel Logan, I think his name is. Um, he's like a you know, he's he's a he's an okay child he actor. All right. He's all right, not, not insulting. They can give him a ton to do, but he's uh, lift up his father's severed head. <laughs> hey, his Which, head was out of the helmet. His head flies out of the helmet. You see it. Yeah, you see it has the helmet to. fly, and then you see that go. Woo! I think like, it would have been much cooler if he picked up the helmet and then it went. Thump. Yeah, and I've seen the edits where like people have done that. They put the head in there. I'm like, that's disgusting. God. Padme talks about, like, her first crush or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it was this boy we met at this, basically, politics camp or, or whatever. Anakin is like, I don't really understand, like, polit- politics or politicians. Like, you, all you guys do is argue. Why can't somebody... I think somebody should just figure out how it should be done, and then it should be done. And Padme's like, well, that not everybody sees things the same way, so not everybody can agree. And Anakin says, then they should be made to. And she's like, that sounds like a dictatorship. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, he just kind of like laughs it off. But I think that's how he feels. Oh, I'm I, sure I, it I, is. And coming from the background of a slave, somebody who was lit, was told what to do by one person for a good period of plus, their life. Plus somebody who's not only in the Republic, which argues about everything, but the Jedi Council, which can't seem to get off fucking thing done either. Right. He's he's, he's a man of action. Opinion. It, you, somebody has to take charge of a situation. Somebody has to get shit done. And nine out of ten times, 
as we'll see in the Clone Wars cartoon, that's me. Anakin infiltrates the Tuscan camp. It is apparently not that hard. He uses his lightsaber to cut into a tent, and his mom is there. But apparently she was just holding on for that one more time where she could see her son or right. see something. Because, yes, he, she sees him and she says, "My, I'm, I'm complete. And she passes away from her grave injuries. Who knows what they've been doing with her? I can only assume the worst of things. The that you know, we, we feel bad for the Tuscan Raiders in this scene because they are slaughtered. But at the same time, we've we've only seen them be awful to people who are not themselves. Like we we've seen them attack the people who are flying down at five hundred miles plus an hour and pod race and pods. who are Sailing over their sacred land, and, I and guess all of a sudden, could be they, right because the Jawa and the Tuscans are the indigenous people of Tatooine. The Huts just showed up because obviously slug people don't come from the desert. Yeah, um, and they probably brought with them all the other things because you can't run a criminal empire. Without. Well, no, I, I mean, but we see them attack Luke. We see them attack Ezra. Right, because they don't belong. <laughs> oh my God, they're colonial oppressors. All right, I guess you're right. She dies. And, and it's just as like Anakin every first Star Wars character that dies, it's right in the arms of somebody. <laughs> yep, and has an opportunity to give one last bit of information. And it's just as Anakin foresaw. Even with all of his great strength and power, and he went out of his way to go and try and save her, he couldn't do it. So he murders the shit out of the Tusken Raiders. Yep, which I understand completely. Yep, in that situation, and unfortunately they kind of present it as justified. The other thing is, when he gets back home, he feels bad about it. Oh, yeah. He feels really bad about it. And Padme tells him it's okay. Yeah. She says, you're human, or something like that. Like, to to, to be upset is to be human. She completely glosses over the fact that he... He flat out says, not just the men, the women and children, Wait, but, but, we've got to remember, Padme is from Naboo, and the Naboo don't Our look... pompous asses yes, who think they, everybody... They don't up. look very highly upon their indigenous species, right. do they? Uh, I, I I agree. I'm just saying... So maybe it would be like, oh, the Gungans kidnapped my family. Okay, so, well, I would have killed all the Gungans, too. I, I'm just looking at it from the influences in his life, in Anakin's life. You have Shmi, who sent him away with the Jedis because they're obviously wonderful people. Well, so, who could who could help him? Right, right. But I'm just saying. So the the Jedi's automatically get that parental authority bestowed on them because the mother does it. Mm-hmm. Then the Jedi tell him, "Your feelings are bad and wrong, and don't have them. Quiet your mind. Quiet your mind. I'm upset. Quiet your mind. Get your feelings under control." <clears throat> and then the person that he loves, probably because he hasn't been around any other human being that could show him affection. Um, says, no, it's okay that you murdered all these people because you're human, and that's what happens. And then he's like, I love you! Right, and she's like... You accept me for me! I'm a danger slut. I love you too, because you're a murdering (laughs) fucktar. And And that's the only thing... (coughs) It's the only explanation I can come up with. I just finished reading Fifty Shades of Grey, and (laughs) I realized... I think Dooku genuinely believes that if Qui-Gon had survived, that Qui-Gon Certainly. would be sided with him. Because you, Dooku didn't fall before that point. Because he says Newt Gunray K-9 
came to me ten years ago, so that's during or shortly after the Battle of uh, Naboo. Yeah. And told me that the Dark Lord betrayed him and was in charge of the Senate. Or was in charge of the Republic. But Qui-Gon died ten years ago. So Qui-Gon didn't have a chance to get that information. Right. And from what we know of Qui-Gon, it's possible he might have. Oh, oh, yeah. I I do believe that if Qui-Gon Jinn had lived... And again, Qui-Gon Jinn, much like Obi-Wan, is a product of his teachings. And the the only reason Obi-Wan doesn't go at this point is because he did not witness Qui-Gon's douchebaggery on Tatooine. Um, because Qui-Gon actually makes a, a point of always appearing to be the upstanding Jedi in Around front of Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Yeah. We don't even know if Obi-Wan was already his apprentice when the uh, last time he fought with the Council, argued with the Council was. Because I don't know in the movies if they ever explain what Qui-Gon and the Council disagreed on. No, no, they don't. They, well, I, I think it's just a general philosophy thing. It's but he, Well, because he says, don't go against the Council, not again, Master. Yeah. So we don't know if that happened before Obi-Wan was his apprentice or after. We don't know how great that disagreement was. But Qui-Gon has, up until this point in the movies anyway gone out of his way to pe- appear very Jedi-like in front of Obi-Wan. It's true. You're right. And even when he disagrees with the um, Jedi Council, he still abides by what they told him. And so I think at that point, Obi-Wan has idealized Qui-Gon, so he can't accept that Qui-Gon might have actually gone with Dooku, and I think Qui-Gon probably would have. Like, that's the other thing about this droid army. The Emperor... The Emperor made them threatening enough where they could cause That's damage. The only thing that or the is what is it, Nemodians? Nemoidians. Nemoidians um, are just that stupid that they thought that this was a well programmed machine. Either that no, but I, I, I would like to think that Sidious programmed or he, he you know, when when they were coming up with the designs for all this stuff, he was like, We need to make them threatening enough where they will be Realistically, a threat, but if they ever come out of our control, we can we can defeat them easily. Well, I just because realistically, you don't have competent droids show up until the Clone Wars are underway and Duke right. who's in charge of the army. And he's Duke is not in charge of the army though. Sidious is in charge of the army. He's in charge of both. Right. He's running both sides of the war. Well, I, I'm aware. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you think... Sometimes you make this case for Sidious being a good guy. He is a good guy. Running both sides of a galactic war for his own gain. For the betterment of the galaxy. No! It's not for the betterment of anybody but himself! The galaxy is in chaos without Sidious taking control. The galaxy is in even further chaos with a... Galactic war killing millions of innocent people. And if the rebels would just submit to imperial rule, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> no, and honestly, the I don't rebels know. are run by Sidious at this point, but not in, not in two more movies. You're right. The rebel alliance, the the in the original trilogy, the successor yes. to the separatists. In a way, you're correct, but clearly you're... Definitively correct? No, not definitively, because the separatists are not actually separate. 
It's a ploy. It's a scheme. It's not real. The separatists have withdrawn from the Senate. They've been manipulated to do so by the Supreme Chancellor. He has orchestrated this for his own That doesn't make your beef with the Empire or with the uh, Republic less real. Yes, it does. Everybody has established how incompetent the Republic is. And, And Palpatine has only been in charge for one movie. For ten years, but Valora made it suck beforehand. In the first movie, everybody whined about how terrible. Okay, it was. you're right. They had a little bit of a case, Ben, but that doesn't mean that large case. <laughs> oh my large god! Case. Don't we- get me wrong. I would rebel against Sidious too. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, but I'm just pointing out that from a certain point of view, from a certain point movie, of view, he's the. That's going to be our movie. new fucking. Tagline from a certain point of view. We should have just called the podcast that. From a certain point the, of view. Yeah, the new Jedi Archives, fuck from that. From a certain point of view. No, it's the been, new Jedi Archives. That could have been the title. Anakin's affection for Padme is not a secret from Obi-Wan. No. It just isn't. We, we saw it on the elevator ride, and we see it for sure. He flat up tells Obi-Wan numerous times in this movie being around her makes me intoxicated. I can't control my feelings yeah. when I'm around her. Yep. You, you, I cannot stand up right now because Padme walked through the room. I mean, <laughs> he does not make it a secret. No, he doesn't. Because that's the only person he has to talk to. And he's standing, like, or, like they're, in the, they're in the ship on their way to catch Dooku, and there's a turbulence or a blast, and it knocks Padme off the ship. And Anakin screams, put the ship down! We gotta yeah. go get her right now! And Obi-Wan's like, dude... For real, you gotta stop. And he's like, "Put the ship down." Do you understand, Anakin? You could get, you'll get kicked out. You will get kicked out. I can't cover for you. I, I can. I'm not gonna tell anybody about this. I haven't told anybody about this, but I cannot cover for you if you sacrifice your duties. If you put her above your duty, and. I think it's at that moment that it's pretty much just silently understood. Obi-Wan knows. You know what I mean? I I don't disagree that Obi-Wan knows. My contention is, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the next movie, there are definitely things going on between Anakin and Padme that Obi-Wan should sense. I think he does. I think he... Then I think... I think either he does not sense it or he is a shitty human being. No, but we know... Oh, that's right. We know he's a shitty person. Yeah, we know that. We know that. But we also know from the Clone Wars series that he has his own run-ins with forbidden love that he's not supposed to have. I, I, I think, I think it's a symptom of Obi Wan knows that he wasn't a normal Jedi. He wasn't a normal person. You can't, you can't expect him. It, ironically enough, Obi Wan may be the person who actually cares for and like helps Anakin the most. By allowing him to have this other part of his life. I, I don't disagree there. I just think that... Um, I, and I think the problem is caused because Obi-Wan can't decide whether he wants to be a mentor or a friend. Yeah. And that's causing all the problems in their relationship. He should be a mentor and he wants to be a friend. I know you didn't like this movie. and I, uh, it's, I agree. it's the love story. Like, I mean, realistically... It's not. It's a more coherent plot than Episode One for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not the stupidity, quote unquote, that you you found a problem with in Episode One. Um, it is relatively action packed. 
I think that the even the political intrigue is more engaging. Is more engaging. It's more solidly built. But the love story just turns me off. This movie so bad. And it, and I understand that the idea is that Anakin is not. He is not known. He doesn't know how to channel these emotions. He doesn't know how to socially interact when he when he is feeling this way about somebody because he's only ever felt this way about one person and it just so happens that she enables him and and gives into that see and, and when I watch and, and one of the reasons I don't hate this movie um, and actually enjoy it is I don't actually look at the love story part as a love story I look at it as another example of Anakin being emotionally stunted because of being with the Jedi and Padme actually using that to her advantage. And it's just everybody that Anakin puts trust in, everybody that he puts his trust in, with the possible exception of Obi-Wan, manipulates him for some reason. And Oh, and uh Senator and Chancellor Palpatine. He puts a lot of trust in Palpatine as right. well. But Palpatine manipulates him for his own ends. No, right, right. But Anakin doesn't know that. Right. Not yet. But, but I just mean um, Padme does it in this movie too. And so I look at the love story not as a love story, but as Wait, Anakin's... Padme manipulates Anakin for her own ends? Sure. She, she strings him along with the yes I do, no I don't crap on Naboo. Okay, but... To keep her close. Then she convinces him to defy the Jedi Council... But she's going to do all of these things. I, I don't know if that's manipulating him for her gain. Oh, okay, she can be manipulating him for someone else's gain. The bottom line is she's still manipulating him. Yeah, yeah. She, she's looking at this relationship like a politician. And she's at first keeping him just close enough that he's in her pocket. Like a penis under, cl- under glass breaking case of emergency. <laughs> and uh, when she needs him... She pulls the, uh, you know, oh, I understand loving your mother. We should go to Tatooine if you feel so strongly. Yeah, right. I love you. Oh, I understand you don't want to defy the council, but they did tell you to protect me, and I'm going to help Obi-Wan. No, but wait, okay. I I will say she wants to go to Tatooine. She, she is the one who says we should go. Why do you think, why do you think that really is? Uh, because I think she, from the first movie, um, she wants to free the slaves, and she thinks Anakin now has the power to do it. Oh. I yeah, no, she, that, that's true. That's true. She I think she's that. going to Tatooine because she was horribly upset by the conditions on Tatooine. And I think she was offended they left Shmi behind. Because she they wants were to, fucking Jedi. She wants to go and get her. Yeah, I think she wants to do it. Now, maybe she wants to do it for Anakin. Maybe she also, because let's face it, she was living in an adult world since she was, like, out of the womb. Like, she was in politician daycare. Yeah, basically. Um, so she didn't really get to grow up either. So, so uh, effectively, there were no children ever in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> because they were Except for here. Luke. Except for Luke. <laughs> um, Luke, Luke and... Basically, Leia. I mean, she also was right. brought she up was being pampered a hell. day camp. But. Right, right. <laughs> um, Wedge, maybe? I mean, he got to decide to go to the Imperial Academy. That's true, and then, then defect later. And uh, Darklighter? Biggs? Biggs? Oh, Biggs. Rest in peace. And Porkins, just because... <gasps> oh, wow! Porkins, buddy. <laughs> Porkins, the fat man. 
hey, your name I, was Porkins. I feel for you. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I think she was manipulating him, and I think if you if you look at the love story in the context of. Anakin literally doesn't know how to deal with his emotions, and the person who should have been helping him, Obi Wan, keeps telling him to quiet his mind and get his nope, shit. No, that, that, that's control. that's the problem. The Jedi are not. They never should have trained him. Oh well, I would I would posit that they shouldn't have had stupid fucking rules like that in the first. No, place. you're you're right, but I'm saying <laughs> these people are were not with their philosophy. They were not equipped. To are train not them. equipped to train a boy who's already developed to the age of nine. He would have been better off if he had run into Dooku or if Qui-Gon had lived. We are the new Jedi Archives. We are forming our own archive out of the ashes of the old. Um, we are, we're trying to include as much as we can, so if there's something that you think that we missed about Episode 2 that we are severely lacking, uh, please let us know. You can let us know in a comment section on Facebook, on the Search of the New Jedi Archives, or at New Jedi Archives on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Spreaker. Uh, give us a, a subscribe um, on SoundCloud. Um, you can uh, you can also um, give us an email if you want at uh, New Jedi Archives at gmail.com. Simple, sweet, and uh, neat. I tried to rhyme it. I don't know if that worked. Hey, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever works, man. Uh, anything else you got? I have nothing else to I add. That's it. Episode two in the books. May the force be with you. And also with you. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're Catholic now. Whatever. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>